You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. So here we are on the, you know, we just suffered through the freaking time change, so our brain's all mush. Can we just put a stop to that already? <laughs> like, I mean, it's kind of lost its point. Like, let's <laughs> let's stop making me lose an hour of my weekend. So yeah, this this podcast has a topic, but we're probably going to de-evolve into like gibberish before it's over with. I mean, hell, we're you know, already like you know, a day. The time went up an hour. We went up on like show date a, a day. So it's well, like, so we're all fucked up. I mean, I probably <laughs> could have recorded Sunday, but I was kind of hungover. I don't, man, it's weird going back. Good old-fashioned like, drunk cast. <laughs> you know, drinking after you really haven't. I don't even know the last time I substantially drank. I mean, the last time I drank was Dragon Con, and I don't even think we even like went like balls to the no. wall. It was... <laughs> It was not fall down Dragon Con, so I don't even know when, like, the last time. Because I had surgery on New Year's, so I didn't get to, like, party none. So, yeah, it's it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> but so what are we smoking this week? Well. Which will tie into the topic and also since it's nearly St. Patrick's Day. Uh, we've got the Alec Bradley Black Market Filthy Hooligan. 2019. Now, if that's not a mouthful, I don't know what is. <laughs> and, you know, we've smoked the 2018. So this is kind of a revisitation. Or I think we did. It was either the 18 or 17. We've we've smoked this before, but this one had a nice label that said, like, 2019 on it. So, But apparently nothing has changed other than it's like a new year, new tobacco, but the same type of tobacco. So Yeah, but, I, <laughs> you know, I mean, even as limited as... Kind of, you know, this is since there's only 2,000 boxes. You know, I keep seeing this cigar pop up in quite a few of the different cigar-related Facebook groups I'm in. So folks are finding these and like, hey, we found this thing. And it's like, <laughs> hey, it's a pretty good thing. So, Yeah, I mean, I, when the last time these came out, I smoked the hell out of them for a while. And then it's like, they just kind of uh, backed off. Those candelas are like a... So this is a uh, combination. It's a barber pole, candela, and uh, uh, Nicaraguan, Nicaraguan jalapa. Uh, so it's that you know weird, but, but yeah, candelas are like they're fun in small doses. <laughs> it's not something I can smoke like every day, but occasionally, you know, candela wrapper is just kind of an interesting change of flavor. Well, I mean, that's one of the things that tripped me out. You know, the first time I really you know spent extensive time in south florida was how prevalent you know a candela wrapper was it's like is it because you guys have iguana that you know 80 <laughs> percent of your cigars have a green wrapper probably or is it just the heat and humidity have molded everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean the, the candela gives it a i mean it's like i said it's it's the candela and jalapa with you know a sumatran binder and honduran and panamanian uh Long filler uh, tobaccos, which I, I don't really see Panamanian. You know, Panama. Panama. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like the, I said the previous 
even though it's like the same, I think like last year's had more of a a sweetness to it. And maybe it's just because this one's like brand new. It, there's a lot. The, the candela to me just tastes like, you know, more Ford this year than, than last year, even though it's the same. It's very like, you know, I'm smoking hay and earth. <laughs> I like grass. Moo. So if you want to chew your cud, this is a great, uh, <laughs> Wait a great <second>. cigar. <laughs> and, you know, since we're, you know, smoking a filthy hooligan, you know, it kind of goes with this week's topic. We're going to be talking about the 20th anniversary of Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Uh, uh, for Guy Ritchie's first film and also introduced a couple of famous actors now. It was, you know, way back then when they were young, dumb, former sports stars that were, had become actors. <laughs> so I guess with that being said, if you're going to produce a film with up-and-coming, soon-to-be superstars, who are you going to call? It's not the <laughs> Ghostbusters. StrikeForceEnergy.com. You know, if you're going to try to rob uh, rob drug dealers, you know, <laughs> get all jacked up on some StrikeForceEnergy.com. Use your promo code CIGARNERDS for 20% off your order. And speaking of Sumatra Rapids, they have the like Sumatra coffee flavor, instant coffee now, which is kind of a, a limited production. So once they're gone, they're gone. So get them while you can. Uh, I tried some the other day and it's, it's stout. I mean, it, it's, it's like drinking a cup of coffee, but like the caffeine hits you like instantly. You're like, Oh shit. <laughs> this is not fucking around. <laughs> I don't know if it's the fact that I'm drinking strike force hot instead of cold, but for some reason it was like, you know, I went from zero to like raging, like <laughs> within a couple of minutes. Oh, boy. That's what you need to get you through this fucking time change. I need something, man. I don't know. Yeah, my brain's been mushy for the last couple of days. <sighs> I didn't have a lot of brain to go mushy. <laughs> it's too long in between science segments for it to stay, you know, nice, plump, and energized. It's, it's crazy times. Yeah. With that, we'll be back with another segment. One, two, get down! And welcome back. <laughs> this is a crazy episode. I was like not even brought up my notes yet. <laughs> notes, notes. We're going to tuck out our ass for the next hour or so, or however long we can. I mean, just know this is like a 98 British crime com- comedy uh, written and directed by Guy Ritchie. Produced by Matthew Vaughn. Starring an ensemble cast featuring Jason Flynn, Dexter Fletcher, Nick Moran, Jason Statham. Stephen McIntosh, Vinnie Jones, and Sting. Yes. It's like <laughs> the one famous guy they got in their movie. 
I pretty much just read that verbatim from Wikipedia like we do every podcast. Uh, it's pretty cool. But yeah, it was made for $1.35 million, uh, made 28 so it was, it was successful, you know, kind of a, you know, independent-esque <laughs> movie at the time. But, you know, his, kind of historically important, though, because like I said, Guy Ritchie's first feature-length film, and he's gone on to do all kind of stuff like marrying Madonna and making uh, Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> and not only that, you know, Jason Statham and Vinnie Jones, his first film who, you know, were, uh, Vinnie was a, you know, football player, or AKA soccer guy. And, and, uh, freaking Jason Statham was a professional diver. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of crazy too, like to see those guys where they are now versus when this film was made. Yeah. And it's like, this movie almost felt like you and I directed a movie without a whole lot of sense of direction, but it's like, man, we're going to pack some action and we're going to talk with British accents and it's going to be kind of crazy. So, you know, yeah, pretty prepare much. Prepare for the ride. And it was about guns. There was, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't <laughs> understand how this film didn't make our poker episode. Because <laughs> they mean, were playing some fucked up version of poker that I've never heard of before. It was like three card brag or something like that. It's like, I guess, some English variant that uh people play that i have never heard of before this movie but apparently it's quite popular in england from what wikipedia says like snooker or cricket Hmm. <laughs> yes but see i can't talk about cricket without like making a casey jones reference <laughs> that's where i was going man what do you know about cricket you gotta know something about crumpets no cricket <laughs> I know TN crumpets. <laughs> I have dueled with said crumpets. Maybe some tea. I don't know. At least I didn't try to watch this film during the time change. That would have really been <laughs> Yeah. Because, I don't know. I mean, this is a very serendipitous film. Because it's like, hey, let's pull all our money together. I'll enter this poker game, and I'll win. Well, I mean... That's your first mistake when, like, they're talking return on investment. Like, you know, there's a local gangster, uh, Hatchet Henry, or I think it was his name. But he, uh, yeah, no, Hatchet Harry. He also owns the, uh, he's the local porn dealer as well. <laughs> uh, but... You know, he, he Blockbuster could have learned a thing or two from the business model. <laughs> yeah. So he has this poker, uh, regular poker game that's a hundred thousand dollar buy or a hundred thousand pound buy in. Uh, so these four friends who are basically street hustlers, a uh, low, low end crime dudes. You know, one guy's a chef, and like I said, they're just kind of your your street hustlers. Which Jason Satham pretty much was a street hustler back in the day. So that's probably how he got his his uh the role. But they all pull their money. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, we all put in 25000 We should get at least, you know, you know, 100 back. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> you guys have never been to Vegas. You should not be talking about return on investment. <laughs> I mean, they still didn't go to Vegas. They no. just went to the shady door and was like, we belong because we've got a bag full of cash. <laughs> and somebody else was like, yeah, well, I'm going to take your cash. <laughs> and he did. Yeah, because uh, yeah, it turns out the... The game is is rigged. There's old school cheat method. You know they're doing it in like the middle of a boxing ring, and somebody's, you know, and this is like you know pre, 
World Series of Poker lipstick cameras in the table, had a hidden camera seeing what everybody's cards was, and then transmitting them like via a like remote control little tap thing code on the ankle, which was kind of ingenious. Uh, but yeah, kid should you know he's like finally gets a, a hand where the, he knows he can beat him and just raises like a shitload, and then officers to loan the kid enough money to call him like. That's a sign there, kid. <laughs> this is a trap. <laughs> Might as well fold and leave with zero, but instead he ends up 500,000 in the hole. Yeah, like, I mean, dude. Yeah, I mean, that's probably, for as good as he is reading people, he really missed that tell. Yeah. Yeah, he should have <laughs> had a clue there. But yeah, this the the plot made of this. Like a Kenny Rogers and folded them. <laughs> yeah, got the fuck out. <laughs> but you know, some of those things they they fucked with his ego, and yeah, ego will will, will damn you every time. But this movie is so like weird as shit because there's like so many like side plots going on simultaneously, and it makes you know, zeros. It, <laughs> in in a way. It kind of reminded me of like a Pulp Fiction, how there's several different stories within the main movie, but... That this, all eventually intersect. <laughs> yes, but, you know, this one here was just like, yeah, I got a buddy who could probably make a good drug dealer. Great, we'll just put him in, you know, a big room full of weed. And it's like, okay, but there'll be a cage, but we're not going to use the cage. <laughs> yeah, because you got your uh, your weird kind of college prep stoner kids that are have like a massive grow operation and just stacks and stacks of money in shoeboxes, which has like a cool like cage if you come to the door to do any deals. But they're such like bad drug dealers that they're like never use their <laughs> their cage. And then you have the two idiot robbers. Because the you know the two smoking barrels you know not only is uh, Harry a corrupt gambler and a porn dealer, he's also a uh, amosexual and and loves some guns and specifically antique collectible firearms and two match sets of shotguns are going on sale that are worth like three hundred thousand you know like half a million a piece those be going on auction. So he, ha- he gets his security guy like, I don't care who you hire. I don't have to have them steal these guns for me because I ain't paying for these motherfuckers. <laughs> and, of course, these guys are two, two idiots. He's like, what? bring me everything that's in the gun cabinet. Anything else in the house y'all can have. Bring me the gun cabinet. And they're like, okay. And, of course, they, they fuck it up and, and steal what's in the gun cabinet. But the guy had the shotgun. So they're like, well, they weren't in the gun cabinet. So these shotguns are ours. So they sell them to to some fence for a couple hundred bucks <laughs> and, and kind of intertwines our, our plot. Uh, yeah. But I mean, it, yeah, you're right. It does kind of remind me of, this is almost feels like an English Quentin Tarantino movie. If this was like early Tarantino, but with English accents, cause it kind of remind me a little bit of uh, Jackie Brown. Yes. With like the, <laughs> all the simultaneous shit going on. Yeah. And you know, I mean, you know, like, I made the reference earlier, but, you know, you have the dude that, you know, just 
mysteriously on fire, you know, running out of the bar <laughs> with, with no backstory. And it's just like, all right, maybe it's just that kind of place. But, you know, <laughs> like an hour and a half later, you find out that, nah, this laid back cool cat's actually a shot caller and, you know. <laughs> and has anger issues. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which that scene, because like I said, when they, go, when they show up for the, the poker tournament, since they've all kind of pulled their money, they're like, no, he's the player. He can get in. Y'all got to fuck off. So they go to this bar next door to the place they're playing. And this open door, some dude comes running out on fire. And they're just kind of like, hmm, that's weird. And it's going about there. You know, these guys have seen some fucked up shit where they're like, that guy ran on this bar on fire. Must be a Samoan thing. I don't know. <laughs> it was like <laughs> the weird, uh, you know, freaking uh, like tiki bar in the middle See, I, of. Uh, <laughs> I kind of wonder, you know, maybe you can weigh in. I think you've. Maybe worked around some gels a time or two. I don't know. But, uh, I, you know, when he's watching the soccer match and it's like, man, we don't want to watch this shit, you know, turn that down. It's like, no. See, I, I feel like that's how most prison fights start. <laughs> Probably do, because even the bartender's like, no, because they don't know who this guy is. They're like, hey, can y'all turn down the fucking TV? And he's like, he said, why don't you ask him? Because, <laughs> you know, as we find out later on, homeboy who's like, you know, you know, friggin' Afro, very like, you know, soft spoken dude is a gangster motherfucker and his TV went out. So he went to the local bar to watch, uh, his soccer match and some dude rudely turns the TV off. So he spits a, a high octane drink on his face and lights him on fire. But first takes a fire extinguisher and sets it outside and then lights him on fire <laughs> So it's like, you know, the, the other, the partner's like, yeah, why don't you ask him to turn it up? Uh, okay. Hey, buddy, can we turn this up? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it was kind of crazy, man. Kind of crazy. But, uh, I mean, all in all. That was one of the weird things of, you know, because... I never saw this movie up until we, we watched it for podcasting purposes, but so used to seeing Jason Statham as the badass action star that he is today. Zero action. The most action you get out of him is he points a shotgun at a dude. That's it. <laughs> it's like seeing him as just like regular actor dude is just weird because you're so used to seeing him kicking the shit out of 15 dudes. Well, I mean, that's or driving what, uh, really fast. You know, originally Rachel was like, <laughs> Hey, I love that guy, you know? So we start watching the movie, and it's like, but this is very early on in their career. <laughs> so it's like, it, it doesn't work. Like, you know, we should have watched this 20 years ago, and, and you know, then compared to it's today, like, like It's like if someone had never seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and just watched John Wick and The Matrix, and then go back and watch Bill and Ted, you're like, the fuck is John Wick doing, like, <laughs> playing rock and roll and being a... Possible stoner. <laughs> it's just like it's just so weird. If one day, it's an hour later than the <laughs> next day. I mean, crazy shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, God! So we've talked about this entire movie in ten minutes, twelve minutes. Oh, uh, because it gets more f fucked up. <laughs> There's a car chase. So they're. Uh, Statham and his, his buddies, uh, which is like, it was like soap, bacon, freaking was it? You know, the whole thing of them scamming them and making them owe them $500,000 because they want to buy their dad, force their dad to sell 
them the the bar because he owns the bar and the property. And it's the one famous – out of this $137 million, I think most of the budget went to hiring Sting to save five lines because <laughs> Sting plays the father of the gambler kid. <laughs> but he, other than his showing up going, hi, I'm Sting, pretty much. It's, he punched a guy in the face and bonded him out of jail. And that's all you saw of Sting through most of the movie other than sitting behind the bar occasionally like you know, doing facial expressions at people and pointing. <laughs> What a life. Yeah. I want to make facial expressions and point. <laughs> uh, it's like a British silent bob. Really looking forward to that movie. <laughs> got some got some news about that movie. Oh, Later. yeah. Maybe. We'll, we'll get into that. His Instagram has been amusing lately. But, yeah, so their neighbors are the local, you know, our, our other characters in the movie are... The local uh, thieves. That's <laughs> why they rent so cheap. Is they they leave, live next to a, a gang of uh, dirtbags who steal, basically rob drug dealers and take their money and stuff. But the walls are so thin, there's a vent in the closet, and they can hear everything that goes on in the next next room. So, you know, as the kid comes home drunk, trying to, like, figure out how he's going to keep from getting killed, uh, he overhears the plan that, like, oh, there's these dopers that, you know, don't even have any weapons or anything. Like we could totally rob these guys. They got like shitloads of drugs and money. So they come up with the plan that we'll just hide out and rob the robbers when they come home. <laughs> so this is how the shotguns. Are. So because you know they're like, well, we need guns. You know, if we're going to be robbers, so they go to their their fence buddy. And it's like, hey, we're about to come into a lot of weed. Can you find us someone to sell the weed to? And we're going to need weapons. So he should, so they end up buying these two antique, you know. Half million, half billion dollar shotguns for, or half million dollar shotguns for seven hundred dollars to, to rob these drug dealers. <laughs> After they go rob the stoners, which the them robbing the stoners was was kind of hilarious because you know they're like this is going to be so easy. They they never lock the gate. They know me. I buy weed from them all the time. I'll just walk in and you know we'll get in there and we'll rob them. Well, it's the one day they're like we're counting our money, so we better lock the gate. <laughs> so they end up. Going in and get stuck in this cage, and uh, the one guy has a freaking giant Bren gun, like anti-aircraft looking motherfucker. <laughs> and they're all with these like sawed-off shotguns. This guy pulls out this giant freaking machine gun and like opens up with it, and like everyone's like ears are bleeding. <laughs> like, do not shoot that thing in air. See, that was a crazy thing, right? Like. That wasn't the first time this has been used within, you know, that vicinity. Like, nobody's on the streets. Nobody's, like, within three miles away of this building. <laughs> like, Yeah, there's no... Well, I mean, fucking English cops don't have guns. They're probably like, we heard something. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll check on it in a couple hours. <laughs> we'll show up to clean up later. But then you have the one guy who's, like, writing a parking ticket outside after, like, a just huge gun battle break. I mean, they blew a guy's foot off and... And uh, used him as uh, bait to get the other guys to like open the cage because <laughs> the, the the only protection they have because well this is England is a BB gun. <laughs> They're trying to defend their stash house with Ow, a, did a pellet rifle. Bite me? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but see that I, I don't know, man. Like that should have played out so much. Oh more yeah, and a samurai sword. <laughs> <laughs> like. Uh, I don't know. And and all in all, 
It's the chick. The chick is the only one that actually mans up and does anything <laughs> badass. Yeah, because these guys are all pissing themselves. And she has been, like, comatose through... <laughs> See, I think it was fake comatose, <laughs> but I think they got that from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> yeah, like, when did Pulp Fiction come out? Because, like I said, they, now that I, uh, we talk about it, this movie seems, seems like it has a lot of inspiration from uh, <laughs> from Tarantino. Oh, uh, but yeah, these guys come in. They they brought ninety four. Yeah, the one guy, uh, you know, with the giant machine gun. <laughs> Gets stabbed uh, by a samurai sword and ends up killing the, you know, the one stoner guy, and uh, and then all of a sudden the chick that like no one had been like literally comatose on the couch for about three days at this point in the movie, all of a sudden wakes up and grabs like the giant machine gun and just like blazes, <laughs> like empties a mag into the dude. And, and guess what happens? Runs out of ammo, <laughs> gets like, punched in the face. That's that's my problem when people pull out big guns like that. Like, that's designed to mow. Like, yeah, I should have sprayed you know, the whole room. That, you know, took dude, out the whole gang, but she just dumped a mag into one know, dude I mean, and was like, you know, shit. At that point, you take out your friends, you take out everybody, you know, three city blocks, whatever. But, I mean, you, you wounded one dude <laughs> <laughs> who mainly got wounded from getting hacked with a samurai sword. <laughs> Oh, but then um, they start loading up all the drugs, and there's like the one, like I said, all this like giant guns going off, and there's like one like fucking meter maid outside writing a parking ticket, and like heard nothing, <laughs> and gets knocked out and thrown into the back of the uh, <laughs> back of the van. I mean, he's just paid to ticket, you know, anybody parked in front of the red area. So I mean, <laughs> dude, he ain't giving a fuck about no gunfire. He knows he's out of his element. Yeah, he's like. I didn't hear nothing. Not my problem. <laughs> oh. So they come back to the, the hideout, and sure enough, you know, the boys and their crew are there and and rob them of their already robbed uh, funds. But since they live next door, their whole plan is like, well, we're just going to drive around, put it in another van, and bring it back home and stash it next door. They'll never think to look next door. <laughs> And then they go to their dad's bar and party and spend the night, you know, celebrating their their victory. Victorious. But I didn't like some of the backstory we got on uh, on uh, Harry the Porn King. <laughs> when they figure out that they're you know in debt and this guy's going to kill them, they start like explaining to how much of a a, a badass. Uh, you know, Harry is because apparently one of his crew was was uh, taking money and in a fit of anger beats him to death with the first thing that was nearby, which turned out to be a 15 inch black dildo. I mean, that's literally adding insult to injury. Not only are you killed, you're killed by a dildo. <laughs> I mean, dude. Talk about blunt force trauma. Well, I mean, come on, man. Think about nunchucks. And yet, here you've got a solid apparatus. <laughs> like, you don't have two handles. you got just one big handle. That's a straight-up bludgeoning device. <laughs> I mean, I did see my buddy Mike do a like, you know, full nunchuck kata with a double-ended. Got us thrown out of like a, a, a love shack one time because he was you know, using a dildo as nunchucks. <laughs> uh, misspent youth. <laughs> 
if we just filmed this stuff, we could have been the, uh, you know, directing uh, uh, freaking Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> we had the idea first. But you didn't act on it. You didn't take the risk. Yeah. Therefore, you didn't reap the reward. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, these guys are either the... They're b- the most unlucky and also luckiest sons of bitches in the world. <laughs> Cause, Serendipitous. Yeah, because, you know, they get the money, they get the drugs, they get their fence buddy they bought the shotguns for to, like, take a sample of the weed to the guy that they're going to sell the weed to because they're like, all right, we'll use the cash to pay off uh, our debt, and then there's some left over plus what we're going to make off the weed, and we're going to be be up. But turns out the, the mild-mannered... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, guy in the bar is the local drug lord and turned out the girl operation was secretly his and they're trying to sell his weed back to him. <laughs> so of course he threatens homeboy that uh, like, you know, tell me who's got my weed. And he of course gives up the boy's location. And so they're like, well, we're going to go kill all these motherfuckers. Well, at the same time, the guys they ripped off are like, the only people that knew about this was in this room. There's got to be a bug. Let's find a bug. And so they searched the place and, until one of them finally gets thrown through the wall and finds the microphones next door and all their weeds. So they're like, well, we're just going to wait for them to come home and we'll kill them for robbing us. <laughs> so, of course, you know, instead of them coming home because they're still drunk at the bar, the gangsters come in and them and the gang, gang guys just kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> so then at the same time the one surviving gang guy who was upstairs counting the money he's like well i'm just gonna take the shotguns and the cash well at the same time uh we've not talked about Vinny jones who is big chris and his son little chris who's is the uh and i don't want to hear you cuss around his son <laughs> yeah the collection agents uh for the uh the loan shark yeah, you know, show up because it's the day the money's due. So he's there to either kick their ass or get the money. Sees you know these guys walking out with you know their money, and he's like, "Well, I'm gonna take the shotguns and the money. I'm gonna go you know pay off the kids' debt because now I have the money." And at the same time, the the idiots that had sold the shotguns, you know, they find out that oh, those shotguns were worth something, and we were stealing them from for this gangster guy that they didn't know what it was. They're like. So he's like, yeah, they're like, you either get us our shotguns back or y'all are fucking dead. So they find out who the shotguns got sold to and they show up in the aftermath of this fucking massacre and sees, you know, homeboy leaving with the shotguns. Like, Well, we're going to follow him, get the shotguns back uh, and then end up rolling in to the guy who had rightfully purchased the shotguns, who was you know wanting them to deliver the shotguns, not knowing who he is. And ends up, they end up killing each other. <laughs> so literally everyone they either owed money to or pissed off ends up killing each other. <laughs> See, like, I felt very Deadpool-like. You know, it's like, oh, all this random shit happened, but, you know, I was just kind of here on the sidelines, you know? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, it was, oh. It was, very interesting once the body count started to add up. Yeah, because it's funny because the, the kids get there. They see the massacre. And they're like, fuck, our money's gone. Our drugs are gone. Because the, the stoner guy went with them to 
you know, identify the people who had robbed him. So when all his bosses are dead, he's like, well, I'm just going to take the van full of, full of weed. <laughs> I guess I'm the drug lord now. <laughs> I'm going to take the weed in this one cop. <laughs> yeah. And then the, uh, the, uh, uh, you know, the freaking uh, Harry calls them and is like, hey, I've got your money. Like, we're good. I just want to know where the hell you got these shotguns. So come to my office. So they're like, all right. So they show up at his office, finds another massacre, and they're like, fuck. <laughs> They're like, well, I guess we don't owe him any money anymore. We're going to take our money back <laughs> and go outside to leave while Homeboy's like, he's like, I paid $700 for those shotguns. I'm taking my shotguns. Well, at the same time, the the one guy who had survived that Vinnie Jones had robbed is holding his kid hostage. And he's, so he rams the car into the kid's car to, to take out that dude and beats him to death and then sees the kids all knocked out with the money. And he's like, those cheeky bastards came and got the money back. Fuckers. And like took the money and goes to return it again. And then finds like the massacre and, uh, and homeboy holding the shotguns and thinks that they've like went gangster and killed him. So he's just like, I'm going to take the money. You take the guns. Let's just go our separate ways. <laughs> and then they all get arrested and they're like, but they're like the, the cop that got beat up was like, no, that's not the guys that, you know, kidnapped me. It was those, all these dudes that are dead. So they're literally like, well, we get out scot free. <laughs> He's like, but we're not dead. And then, like, yeah, they end up back Sting's bar. <laughs> and the one guy's like, I still got the shotguns. I'm like, motherfucker, that is the one thing that can prove we were part of all this bullshit. Throw them in the fucking river. <laughs> and then, lo and behold, they figure out, oh, these things are worth a lot. But we're going to fumble around for 20 minutes instead of actually using a phone to make a call. <laughs> yeah, because Vinnie Jones walks in with, the th- and he's like, Sets the case down and is like, hey, I took what I figured I was owed for me and my son. If y'all have a problem with that, come see me. I figure, you know, he ripped y'all off and underestimated you. So he's still convinced that they, they're the ones that did all the gangster shit. So when they open the case, it's empty except for a brochure for some auction. And they're like, what the hell? He took all the money. And they look through the thing and then find out the sh- the actual value of the shotguns. And then they're like panicking, trying to call homeboy they sent to throw him in the river. Like, no, these things... And, like, it ends with him, like, tr- hanging over, hanging the, over bridge, the bridge with his phone, phone in the ring. Mouth. <laughs> and that's it. So you don't even know if he answered in time or if he chunked the shotguns and then answered his phone. So we not, not even a Marvel post credit scene to show them, like, you know, rich off of selling stolen shotguns. <laughs> so what do you think? Do you think he threw away the guns or he actually nah, dude he was a blithering fucking idiot so i mean <laughs> you know he probably he probably opened his mouth and dropped his phone <laughs> he, he dropped the phone tried to reach and grab it rolls off the bridge into the water losing the guns the guns probably hit the water and you know magically go off and shoot them so you know <laughs> there's no chance he's bringing the guns back there is now another dead body, two sunken ass shotguns, and a wet cell phone. I think that's how it ends. That's a that's a a, a definite possibility. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody makes it out of this story alive. I don't think. No, I mean it's like typical. If you watch some, I mean, Guy Ritchie went on to make like big Hollywood movies, but he also kept going back and doing these British crime, like snatch and, and some of the other things. 
No, none of these movies ever have like a, a, a happy ending. Everyone usually ends up getting fucked up by the end. <laughs> Nothing is ever like a hundred percent cool. Which again, kind of a Quentin Tarantino thing. I'm like, I'm thinking Guy Ritchie definitely like you know. Yeah, I mean, this was inspired by by Quentin films. I mean, I, I don't know. I love some British stuff. Sometimes the action's a little bit quirky. Because, you know, at least in America, we got guns and shit. So, you know, the action usually is not extremely far-fetched than what you're going to catch on the evening news. Whereas, I envision, like, British, like, ah, there was a great tea tapestry. (laughs) Tea. Tea. Crumpets. Tardis. <laughs> well, that's the thing, too, is like, you know, this you know, didn't have a a huge budget by, by Hollywood standards. So all these big action sequences, you never see any of them. They're all, like, implied. Like, the big shootout between the, uh, the drug gang and the thieves, you see it from the, all you see is from, like, the outside of the building and here, like, a ton of gunshots going off and windows breaking, and then you cut to like the aftermath of everyone dead, <laughs> except for the two guys that are that you know end up killing each other. Uh, then, but yeah, that entire action sequence like is just kind of implied and done off camera. <laughs> I mean, the closest but thing we had to an action hold on, sequence. Hold on, I got a theory. Okay, bear with me. All right. So we had the crow. And 94. Okay. I, I, I don't know. I mean, was, was there a lot of hesitation that, fuck, we might actually get shot filming this. <laughs> I mean, really the only action sequence we see like on camera is when they rob the drug dealers event, uh, at the beginning and, you know, and the girl already in jail and the girl, you know, empties that freaking Bren gun into the dude. That's like really the only action sequences like that are on camera. And I think that's where they blew all their budget. Like half of it went to Sting, half of it went to like all the blanks they fired in that one scene. <laughs> and after that, like fuck, we ain't got any money. What about that van full of weed? <laughs> I mean, that's just fucking garbage bags full of weed, full of like you know they just rake somebody's yard for that. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> it's like, if you ever think about that, it's like, hey, we're gonna do this movie with a lot of weed. So, you know, you ever think that's how, like, uh, you know, at the end of the shoot or whatever, people's like, okay, time to replenish our stash. Like, <laughs> uh, I mean, especially now in California, we're like, you know, in Nevada, we're, we're league or Colorado. There's like, you know, several states now that marijuana is, is recreationally legal. So I'm wondering now if like Hollywood is like, it's no longer like the prop master fake, you know, oregano. They're like, oh, fuck, might as well just buy like, you know, a ton of weed. <laughs> Be good for the after part, the, the fucking rap party. All of a sudden, salaries, you know, start getting cut, and it's like, well, what happened? Well, now we're been paid by weed. <laughs> okay, so we all know that, you know, fuck. I wonder if that's how Kevin Smith is going to pay his folks when he does the <laughs> reboot. I'm like, everybody's just going to get a bag of weed. Well, that's the funny thing is, too, because, like, when Kevin Smith was making all those Jay and Silent Bob movies... He wasn't a stoner. He was a fake stoner. He didn't start smoking weed until 
Zack and Mary make a porno. And this is like the first Jay and Bob movie they've done since Kevin's been a stoner. He went off and did all those weird horror movies and shit. So never go full walrus. Yeah. He may, he may be like legit stoned in this, <laughs> this version. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe worse stone. Maybe that's why time change has got us so messed up. I'm not over it. Oh yeah. I refuse to get over it. My brain is like, I'm glad I watched this movie before the time change because my brain would not have been able to get up, keep up with this convoluted plot. Wait. <laughs> what if it's this movie that had the time change so fucked up? What if the time change would have made this movie all make perfect chronological sense? Well, it's still on uh, Netflix, so go back and try it again and be like, oh, I get it now. Or maybe it's one of those that secretly you got to watch in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, but, yeah. So it, But, yeah, it's so weird seeing Jathan Statham as just a regular. And even Vinnie Jones. I mean, he's kind of threatening. He, he, uh, you know, beats a guy in a, in a you know, tanning booth. But other than, and then, oh, when he, like, just slams homeboy's head in the car door over and over again for threatening his son. Yeah. These are guys that we're no- we normally see as action stars nowadays. And I mean, hell his next movie was like gone in 60 seconds. <laughs> it's, it's weird seeing like at least, you know, director and two of the actors went on to be like, you know, hugely famous out of this movie. And the rest of those guys might be hugely famous in England, and I just haven't seen them in anything here. And there was Sting. I Sting. <laughs> oh, me. I don't know. I. As we're talking about a play-by-play of the film, it almost makes sense. But then it's like, no, I'll watch this. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Oh, yeah, but I mean, Guy Ritchie is like I said, as weird as this movie is, and you would think this is like some weird like independent film. He turned into like a badass director because like he did uh, so far the two Sherlock Holmes films with Robert Downey Jr., which as a fan of Sherlock Holmes, like those movies were badass. Very well played, sir. Very well played. <laughs> so, do you think we get a lock, stock, and three smoking barrels? <laughs> I mean, the way everybody's rebooting stuff nowadays, uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Or maybe it'll be four smoking barrels, you know. Yeah, They'll you... both have, you know, double barrels. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have, uh, you know, freaking... Uh... You, you always have to up the ante with a with a sequel or a reboot. Well, I mean, they did do that television series, Lock, Stock, you know, followed, you know, I think it was like in like the 2000s. But I I never watched that. That wasn't part of our podcast research. <laughs> yeah, and like I thought I'd seen part of this movie, but because it, it, you know, of the... There's a collection of movies that seem to always be on TV. So we're always catching like pieces of at the cigar shop. And so I I saw some weird English crime movie a couple times and turns out it was actually, I guess, part of snatch and not, (laughs) and not, uh, 
yeah, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Because apparently, I had never seen this movie until until then. Because I'm like, where the fuck is Brad Pitt? I'm like, oh, it's the wrong movie. <laughs> Brad's right here, dude. He's on the podcast with you right now. <laughs> he was the he was the the other stoner that was passed out in the corner the whole time. <laughs> dude, I mean that that it's like the perfect decoy. Like, I almost wonder if... <laughs> like, is it the Invisible Dude in Deadpool 2? <laughs> I mean, everybody's always like, dude, why bring over the junkie female? All she got to do is bring everybody... But, you know, when shit hits the fan, she's the only one, you know, ready to spurt into action because she's the only one sober and not stoned off her ass. And, <laughs> she's know, she's had time some to cajones. recover. Like... <laughs> Yeah, because I was like, I, I mean, you know, okay, we had Captain Marvel, and people, you know, were originally talking about how, you know, momentous of a film this will be, you know, starring a female lead in the MCU. Why isn't anybody giving her props? <laughs> she paved the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, because there's that whole thing with when we first introduced to. Literally, they're almost like dragging her into the house. She's so high, and the one there's like out, out of the, the I don't weed growers. It. It's all a facade. You, you'll, you'll never change my mind. She was like the secret That's fucking almost security like guard. If you say the dude at the end of the movie doesn't die at the end. <laughs> yes, they didn't show it. He definitely dies at the end. Oh, uh, but yeah, like there's only like only one of those guys like actually half kind of halfway knows. He's like. Guys, we're drug dealers. We we need to like you know work on security. <laughs> and it's okay, man. We're just like like I sent you out to get uh, a money counter. You come back with like a fifty pound bag of fertilizer and a chick that's almost comatose. You're gonna give us away, man. <laughs> Y'all gotta think more tactically. I don't know. I almost feel like some of those scenes also paved the way for you know the movie How High. oh and the running joke of because as weird as movie is it does have some funny moments like the running joke of the uh the fence that's the go-between with the the um afro gangster (laughs) keeps breaking the dude's table (laughs) like every time he goes to see him and he's at this fancy ass apartment with like a nice glass coffee table all his furniture has like plastic wrap on it and guy brings him like a, a drink, and when he goes to leave, he sets it down on the coffee table, shatters the coffee table, and then the next time he comes to uh, to uh, see him, he goes, he gets up and goes to set his glass down, and the guy hasn't replaced the coffee table yet, so it just falls like straight through. <laughs> I think the third time they're just like they don't even hand him the glass; they're just like, no, you're, you're not getting a drink this time. <laughs> I never quite understood that. Why furnish your house with all new furniture if you're just going to keep it covered in that plastic stuff that if you do I don't know. sit down on it, you stick to it, and it's all like, eh. Ask every grandma ever. <laughs> Either that or he was a gangster, and they're like, See, my, my, I don't want to get blood on my seat, so if I decide to kill anybody in here, everything's already pre-covered like in plastic wrap. I mean, you know, I don't know how it was for you, but my grandmother would just be like, no, we're taking the plastic off, and you're still not getting on this shit. <laughs> you got that living room that's for guests only that you can just kind of look at. Like, no one actually sits in there. <laughs> it's it's for decoration. 
That's when people come over and be like, hey, look at our fancy living room. No, you're not sitting there. We're going to sit in the kitchen <laughs> or in this, you know, over here in this other like area that has the junk. sit a in junk. the common area with the common folk. Yeah, we're going to sit in the Goodwill furniture section. <laughs> yeah, for Goodwill. And now Guy Ritchie is making, uh, I, I just, he's the director of the Disney uh, live action Aladdin movie. With Will Smith. <laughs> Has his career taken off or is it going back downhill? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. We'll have to talk about the uh, the Aladdin movie in, um, in Nerd News. I got to do a better job of mic position because I, man, I feel so lazy. I just want to lay down. Like, why can't my mic come to me? Why do I have to go to the mic? Uh, it's like I've already talked about everything I can possibly talk about with this film. Think. I still, I still just want to bitch about time change. That's what, that's what we call this episode: time change hangover. <laughs> I no, I'm not still suffering from a hangover. I mean the hangover of the t- the time change. That's why our brains are all mushy. Either that, or is this movie was just too fucked up to follow. <laughs> I don't know. I will say that my manager absolutely got fucked. She uh, had to come back from California. So she's in California with a three-hour time difference. Gets here the night the time change happens. She's like, I don't even know what fucking universe I'm in now. (laughs) California knows how to party. At least that's what Tupac said. (laughs) California knows how to party. It's always kind of the weird thing, too, is your different classification of gangster movies. Because <laughs> the British ones always want to, you know, air toward the classier side of the gangster. You know, almost like the mobster mentality. Like the old school mafia yes. ways of things. Like respect and shit. Like, if it was an American-made film, it would just be, you know... Kind of gangster thug, I guess. You know, I, I don't know. How do you how do you really say that? I don't know. So much more, you know, violent. <laughs> where, where where people talk about respect, even though there's none of it. Yeah. Yeah. So these, I mean, these are the luckiest motherfuckers. I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's got to say a thing about you know, kind of like we talked about with the uh, Bill and Ted. You're just so dumb that somehow you were like you know protected by the universe nearly (laughs) is there such thing as dumb luck i don't think it has anything to do with dumb luck i mean you know i i think if you're you know a director or anything you kind of have a knack for you know picking out people who are gonna go places before they've gone to those places I just mean the characters. <laughs> they you know, went from like being completely fucked to maybe selling some shotguns <laughs> and not being murdered by uh, porn wielding uh, gangsters. There's no way they sold the shotguns. <laughs> I'm telling you, you, you saw like three boats passing in that scene. Dude goes into the water. Gets chopped up, in the water. you know, by, you know, a freaking <laughs> propeller on a boat. It's Jaws. I mean, if nothing else, the shotgun just lay there for eternity. 
and some homeless guy finds him like, you know, on the side of the bridge and the the local homeless guy is now rich. <laughs> you think most people would know what they had if they did have the shotguns? Probably not. No, because unless you were a knowledgeable of antique firearms, you're just pretty much like, man, these are like some old pieces of shit. <laughs> That's the thing always, you know, because like I said, I'm, you know, into firearms stuff, but I've never been in like a, you know, firearm collector. You know, anything I buy is something I'm I'm planning to shoot. <laughs> but old shotguns and like these, these old, like, you know, antique, like, you know, British, those things like sell for like ridiculous amounts of money. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with like, you know, think about like, I mean, when they did the close up and you saw, you know, some of the etchings and stuff like that. I mean, dude, they almost look like works of art. Yeah, a lot of those stuff like that was, you know, almost one-offs the way they were, because they were all, like, handmade and hand-etched, you know. So I can get where, where I'm, I'm a matched pair of some kind of antique. Kind of like, uh, the you know, the British, you know, England's a famously anti-gun country, but then you have, like, the old school, like, hunters and stuff, like, the you know, the rich aristocrat people with their, their you know, room full of, like, you know, antique shotguns and, and whatnot that are all like, you know, they, they almost don't consider those like guns. Oh no, no. Those are historical items. We are, we're not banning those. Those are, <laughs> those are, those are of historical significance. You can't have an AR and everyone's running around stabbing people with knives now, but our antique shotguns are, <laughs> our cultural heritage. I still say it's a double standard. <laughs> Leave all that gun token to the Americans. <laughs> uh, that's why we won the revolution, motherfuckers. <laughs> USA! USA! Knows <laughs> how to party. Uh, so, of the things uh, Guy Ritchie has done since then, do you have a particular favorite? Because, like, he's, you know, not probably not one of the directors I have closely followed. And so, like, I've seen every Tarantino uh, movie and all But, you know, I've only seen a couple of the Guy Ritchie stuff, mainly, like, Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> and watching Sherlock Holmes, as much as I love those two movies, going back and watching his older English stuff is, like, looks like it was made by a completely different person. Like, he's definitely evolved as a director to now <laughs> when he when he started because it's like his style you know, i don't see his style I, I really don't see a connection between sherlock and this movie where other people you can kind of be like oh yeah that's definitely a, a tarantino movie all his stuff's well, kind of i mean so like similar i could see it in snatch um let's see i'm trying to think what else um Oh. We have Revolver, Rock and Roller, the Sherlock Holmes films, and now Disney's Aladdin. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, did have Madonna and Swept Away, so I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean, uh, maybe this is just. I mean, that's the thing, like. To me, watching, you know, British films, because I don't watch a lot of British films. Not that I don't like them or anything. I just, you know, 
I normally have to go out of my way to try to find them. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. like, and I have no nothing, idea what they're talking about half well, the time. Well, nothing irks me more than when I want to binge Monty Python and it's like, oh, wait, never mind. I went in between the time that Netflix has a contract for this film. So. <laughs> uh, and just the, the, Eng- the, you know, the non, like the, the more modern English, I guess, uh, you know, Quickalisms and stuff like yeah, I'm like I don't understand what the hell they're saying half the time. This might as well be a foreign film. Like, give me some like uh, uh, subtitles on what the hell's going on. <laughs> it's like watching anime in in Japanese. I'm like I got I got to watch the <laughs> I got to see the uh, the translation because some of this shit I'm like I don't know what the hell they're talking about. About the only Japanese I know is uh, it's Godzilla. <laughs> I I remember. The one thing I remember from uh, high school Japanese was Birodoka Deska. Where is the beer? It's the only thing I remember from that class. Arigato. Yes, Mr. Roboto. <laughs> all, right, all right, here's an easier question. What's your favorite Jathan Stasem role? <laughs> you know, when he was that guy that did that thing, uh, you know... The transporter. <laughs> I was going to say the Meg, but I hadn't seen the Meg yet, so I can't really even say that. Jaws on steroids. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I I love the shit out of some Crank. You know. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that, Crank. That movie, you know, Crank was just ridiculous, well, I mean, <laughs> but in a good way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's not. I, probably going to be kind of cliche the expendables yeah you know it was really good but you know at the same time i was a fan of death race too oh yeah the death race movies uh but yeah gotta go old school transform you know the first one you know the first transporter movie was that was like the first time where you're like oh shit this you know statham guy is a badass action hero <laughs> It's like Fast and the Furious meets like a Jackie Chan movie. <laughs> I don't know. Or was it the mechanic where he was a a, a hitman? Those, yes, those were pretty good too. Yep. So what we're saying is mechanic and mechanic resurrection. <laughs> so what we're saying is don't bother watching Guy Ritchie films. Just go watch a whole bunch of Jason Statham films. Is that the recommendation we're going with? <laughs> I mean, or get some sleep because the time change will fuck you up, and then you'll just. Talk gibberish for an hour about Guy Ritchie. I don't know. I guess we could be saying that. <laughs> and then, of course, Vinnie Jones, Big Chris, and his son, Little Chris. <laughs> if ever you have a son, I expect you to name it Little Joe. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, he's been on uh, Arrow lately. Freaking Vinnie Jones is always popping up in something. <laughs> and he's always like, you know, a badass dude. I mean, I remember, uh, what was it? The, I think after this, his like, next role was like Gone in 60 Seconds, where he was the, the badass silent Well, Bob. I mean, you know, we talked about Snatch. Oh, look, look he was in it, too. You know, uh, Gone in 60 Seconds, like you said. Um, let's see. Year one. <laughs> I just kind of had to throw that. You know, I mean, 
She's the man. Euro trip. I mean, that's that's what I like about some of these fucking guys, Euro trip. Is, you know, they're <laughs> that's a good movie. You know, great actors and actresses and stuff. But I like it when they'll do dumb shit and not take themselves so seriously. Like, yeah, I mean, Vinny Jones and even Statham too is like they're these badasses, but then they'll do something like just weird and comedic occasionally. <laughs> I mean, he's been in a few like how was it that he was that what, spy mo- movie with uh, Melissa McCarthy. Yes, <laughs> he's in, he's, he's kind of like uh, Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo is legitimate badass in real life, but then he'll do like something fucked up, like you know Range Fifteen or the fucking Spy Kids movies and shit. I mean, he's just one of those dudes that like you know could just play machete every time, but then he'll go do these like weird funny. <laughs> I almost, you know, but you know, we kind of talked about that before. I think though is, you know, maybe that's where you know actors and actresses and whatever pronouns you know folks want to consider themselves as, you know, um, go to get away from the seriousness and the you know gruelingness of you know being in films. Yeah, because I mean, you know, when you're doing, especially when you're doing action movie after action movie and getting all beat up and stuff. He's like, man, I didn't go do a comedy just for a vacation. Like, you know, <laughs> I almost wonder if like world renowned chefs and stuff like that, you know, that put so much, you know, passion and time. And you see these motherfuckers at a waffle house. And, yeah, like, and it's <laughs> like, I'm going to McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. I'm free. <laughs> I'm going to go somewhere where I don't have to cook <laughs> or I'm at home making grilled cheese sandwiches. Cause I spend all day making like filet mignon and, Fancy like, dishes. No, I want to make pizza rolls, but you know what? I don't even feel like turning on the oven. Straight <laughs> microwave. <laughs> you see freaking, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, fucking Hell's Kitchen and all those like, uh, what the hell's that guy's name? You know, that guy. <laughs> the the English guy who's like an asshole to everybody on all his shows. See him at home with like a Budweiser and a bowl of freaking pizza rolls would just be hilarious. <laughs> Not even like good yeah, beer. Yeah, see, I don't think Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> you know, but I will say, I um, you know, I've been watching, you know, the latest season of a YouTube series called Hot Ones, where basically, yes, that show is hilarious. But uh, the the episode where they finally got Gordon Ramsay on. Oh fuck, I, I gotta watch and, that one. You know, just him uncensored and everything <laughs> else. You know, I was like. That's fitting. That's almost imagine how I would envision that guy. Yeah, because if you've not watched Hot Ones, go watch it. Because it's basically a guy interviews people, but they eat increasingly super hot hot wings. And the interview only continues as long as they're willing to keep eating hot wings. <laughs> so some interviews are longer than others. Well, not only that, but you or know, they just get so like hot that they're like can barely they're barely coherent in what <laughs> what they're you know answering. Um, you know, they also let them plug, you know, basically whatever they want if they complete, you know, the 10 questions like, uh, you know, Logic, the, you know, rapper, you know, very nerdy dude. I didn't realize this, <laughs> but I, I just happened to catch this episode the other night and, you know, on the 10th question, it's like, all right, you have beat 38 rappers on stage at, you know, Mario Kart. You have called out all of these other rappers <laughs> and stuff. So, you know, time to, you know, put your, uh, you know, reputation on the line. So it's like he gives them a Rubik's Cube and then, like, starts asking them these other questions. 
as he's having to do, I think the questions pertain to Jurassic Park. Like, how many people were actually eaten by dinosaurs? And, like, you know, different movie quotes from the line and, you know, the films and stuff. And I was like, that's badass. But no, the pain that this dude's going through. And he's, you know, trying to talk and fucking do this Rubik's Cube and, you know, freaking does it in, like, 12 seconds like a damn boss. Uh, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of famous people that are like secret. Like, freaking Vin Diesel plays Dungeons and Dragons and even wrote like an intro for one of the Dungeons and Dragons books. And what's the other guy? Uh, freaking the big guy from the vampire movies, uh, Joe uh, Magliotti or whatever. Freak, I mean, he's like a huge nerd, too. It's like there's all these like, you know, big badass like Hollywood guys that are like, dude, let's go play some video games and do some D&D. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. We plug them. Maybe one day they'll plug us. <laughs> I did see, though, that you can buy, like, the hot sauce lineup from each of the seasons. Oh, so Do our own Hot Ones challenge. <laughs> Dude, I've had a couple of, like, the level, you know, like, mid to medium plus, you know, like, six or seven, you know, of the sauces. Oh. And... Those were intense. There's three more levels to go. I like, tried that the the end sauce, and that stuff is like it's all right to cook with. Like I can put like a drop or two in something I'm cooking, and it gives it some good spice. But if you eat that straight up on top of something, it's not fun. <laughs> I don't know. I could only imagine this latest version of the uh, you know the last dab with uh, the fucking pepper X in it. <laughs> Yeah, that's how I figured out my, my taste buds no longer work, that I can't detect heat. Because, like, been getting these, uh, like, pre-made, like, buffalo chicken strips that, you know, you just heat up in the oven. And, like, I eat them, and I'm like, I'm no problem. Like, I'm like, we're getting ripped off. This is, like, you know, basically tastes like it's got black pepper on it. But then, like, the family joined me the other day, and, like, they're all, like, sweating and, like, drinking milk. And I'm like, what are y'all They're like, these are hot. And I'm like, really? Because... This is like a level one for me. <laughs> like I didn't think these things had heat on them. Like everyone else in the house is like sweating and like <laughs> begging for milk. I'm like, I'm well, like, okay, I guess this stuff is hot. <laughs> I guess I need to make a trip to the uh, the tomato house and <laughs> visit the pepper wall. So with that, any uh, final thoughts on the filthy hooligan and the filthy hooligans we just discussed? <laughs> Check out all the filthy hooligans. <laughs> Make like the films. Make like you're in a cigar cigar shop. Smoke all the filthy hooligans, figuratively and literally. I gotta say, the 2018 to me had a better flavor to it. It, it like it maybe because these are just new and haven't aged a little. But I th- the previous one kind of had more of a a sweetness to it. Well, I mean, for me, like it's a novelty thing, right? Yeah. Like you know, and once you get past the novelty or the Hey, I didn't see these last year, but I found them this year, and it looks cool and different. You know, I can remember, like, the first time I saw um, one of the Atuera Fuente uh, Between the Lines cigars. And it's like, dude, this is amazing, you know, because it had the, you know, yeah. dual wrapper and stuff. And, uh, you know, then after that, I was like, oh, there's the Anejo. Oh, there's the Opus. <laughs> like, you know, I mean. I guess if I'm going to have a, can- a Candela... I would either like the because like this one very tastes very much like hay to me. I'd rather have the previous one or 
the uh, the swamp thing. If you can still find the the swamp thing cigars, those were were actually a pretty good because uh, uh, it had that uh, Kentucky fire cured tobacco mixed in with it, so it had a little bit more of a a smokiness to it. So yeah, if you're looking for a Candela, I, I would recommend going with one of those before you know having a filthy hoo. But again, the the filthy hooligan is one of those that's like I like it occasionally. It's not something that would go into my regular rotation if they were you know always available, but Every once in a while, I'm like, you know, I haven't had one of these in a while. I'm gonna, I'm gonna smoke me some some hay. <laughs> and with that, we'll be right back. some science yeah let's see if our brains work enough to learn some shit <laughs> oh nah, man this is gonna roll off the tongue <laughs> out one ear i'm gonna be like that fucking dude hanging off the bridge with a phone in his mouth and guns <laughs> in the other oh speaking of uh what dun- you gonna do with your guns <laughs> on the ground guns on the ground <laughs> speaking of dungeons and dragons i saw a uh <laughs> a fake dungeons and dragons book cover and it was like a a boatload of guys and they were sailing away from some island that was like covered in tornadoes and it was like Dungeons and Dragons fuck going to a tornado island. <laughs> I'm like, that sounds like a campaign worth playing. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, but speaking of uh, of ships and shipwrecks, uh, one of the things I always used to like doing as a kid is, you know, ever you know, the National Geographics that had like shipwrecks and and you know, under underwater treasures and shit found was always like highly interesting to me. Kind of always wanted to learn how to scuba dive just so I can like I'm gonna go look for fucking shipwreck treasure and Dude, whatnot. Dude, the only thing you were watching on National Geographic was information about how to plunder the booty. I mean, pre-internet that was the you know only time you could see naked people. They had National Geographic in the school library. <laughs> but recently. Uh, a long lost, uh, uh, possibly uh, the most expensive shipwreck uh, has perhaps been found. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, an anchor was recently discovered uh, off the coast of uh, off the Cornish coast, thirty-two or kilometers, twenty miles from the British port Lands End. Uh, back during the between. Around 1641, an English merchant vessel uh, called the Merchant Royale was lost off the coast, carrying one billion in gold and millions in coins and jewelries plundered from the New World back when they were, you know, stealing Mexican gold. (laughs) 
back when old Mexico was New Mexico. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, this has been one of those uh, ships that have has uh, you know been searched for 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 years and you know has not uh, been recovered until now. But recently, an anchor was was found by the uh, Atlantic Scuba Association, uh, which they are believing it may belong to the ship. It's it's a age appropriate big metal anchor, but it has some, you know, admiralty engravings that uh, could link it to the the famous lost ship. So they're expecting a resurgence of, you know, treasure hunters to uh, <laughs> interest to be renewed. Think we'll see any Somali pirates? I mean, they don't normally get that far north, but uh, you know, we're talking potentially billions of gold. Yeah, they made you know some a resurgence of pirates of the Caribbean. You know, basically they, they refer to this sh- you know shipwreck as the you know El Dorado of the seas. <laughs> I don't know. We need to hurry up and find Atlantis. That's oh. what happened. Freaking Aquaman got all the gold. <laughs> I want to ride a seahorse. <laughs> It's just crazy, man. How much, how much out there is not explored, and you know, even our own world. Yeah, I mean, because you know, finding sunken treasure is probably one of those like great fantasies that every adventure. And like I said, the sea is kind of it's almost as mysterious as space. There's so much down there that we don't know about. Yeah, that has been lost forever. And this was an old wooden ship, so at this point, the only thing that's going to be down there is you know, metal. You know, the the cannons and you know, you know, the gold is it's kind of going to be you know, hard to find. <laughs> you know, four hundred you know wood in the bottom of the ocean for four hundred years. You know, it doesn't hold up very well. Okay, now you're trying to discourage me. <laughs> All right, let's do it. All right, and also... Uh, <laughs> Cigar Nerds, epic adventure time. <laughs> and speaking of uh, royal, you know, whatever, uh, the Royal Melbourne Institute of Technology, not to be confused with the you know MIT here in the U.S., has figured out a cheap and efficient way to convert carbon dioxide back into coal to clean up the environment. Yay! That's a good thing, right? Yeah. Well, wait a second. Does that mean the coal is just going to end up back in the ozone? I'm going to reuse it again. Well, <laughs> until now, you know, uh, basically Quick. the... Planet pollution is now good. <laughs> the only way, you know, CO2, to remove it from the uh, atmosphere, they basically just compress it into a liquid and then inject it back into the ground, which can leak and cause further pollution because there's not really any way to return it to solid form that's not, you know, it kind of has to be, you know, high temperature, you know, extremely high temperatures that are, it's, you know, not efficient cost or, you know, power wise. But now they've figured out a way using a, uh, you know, liquid alloy uh, consisting of gallium, indium, tin, and serenium. You know, the it's, it's stored inside a glass tube with a wire running through it with some water, and air added uh, to the tube, and when electricity is run through it, 
you know, basically the CO2 in the air kind of grows as crystals on this wire. So it's very uh, cheap. And the only byproducts are, you know, carbon flakes and pure oxygen. So it's a, it's a, you know, it's definitely something they're going to be able to do cheaply and on a larger scale. So, you know, maybe we can clean up the the shithole environment (laughs) that we've been building for the last, you know, million years or so. Yay! That's good. And speaking of air, (laughs) FDA approves a fast-acting ketamine-derived antidepressant spray. Mm, Thought ketamine wasn't good for you. Well, apparently it, uh, you know, has some medical uses. I mean, it is, you know, used as a anesthetic uh, for surgery, but um, now they've come out with this, this, new form of, uh, that they're calling S ketamine, which basically is, can be used in like a, your kind of like your cold nasal spray. And they're, uh, you know, it's so far as showing, you know, be highly effective against treating, you know, depression. They say within, you know, about 70% of participants, you know, had a reduction in depression within 24 hours that lasted, you know, or within two hours that lasted, you know, up to two weeks. And you said, you know, uh, suicidal thoughts, uh, re- you know, reports of, you know, suicidal thoughts, you know, were gone within 24 hours. That's kind of crazy. But you know what? Here's my issue with this. As weed is still illegal in a vast majority of the United States, that is a naturally occurring plant. Yet, we've got a big opioid epidemic that, you know... Big pharmaceutical has just been pushing drugs on people for years. Now, we're going to continue to push drugs, but the naturally occurring plant is still illegal. (laughs) So we're replacing one addictive substance with another addictive substance. Well, with this this new version there, it's um, basically being used to to treat people that are suffering from treatment-resistant depression. So basically people that the normal, you know, medications and therapy have had no effect on this is going to be a, you know, a drug for them. And since regular ketamine is, is, uh, often being abused, uh, they have to have shown that they have tried at least two other methods and failed. And then also this can only be, it's not something that you can be prescribed. It has to be taken in a doctor's office and you, they have to be observed for at least two hours after taking, you know, a dose in the doctor's office before being released back into the public. <laughs> like bath salts. <laughs> yeah, sooner or later, someone's going to figure out a way to steal this stuff and <laughs> abuse it. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's you know, looking pretty successful uh, so far. Yay for mental health treatment. Boo for... God damn it, can we just legalize weed? I mean, people are going to be giddy. They're going to be full. Everybody's going to mellow out. Like, come on, man. Come on, man. Let's move to Colorado. <laughs> it's cold there. <laughs> uh, it's legal in Nevada now, so you can move there. It's warm in Nevada. It's hot they got gambling. and dry. <laughs> so you got to find something in the Goldilocks zone that's been legalized. Yes. All right, I get it now. <laughs> I need four seasons. 
Although Georgia's kind of weird because you'll get that in a week. Although yeah. it's only rained for like twice this year. Yeah, it's like so 41 days, 60 the next, and then it's like, you know, monsoon the rest of the, the month. Uh, and we also have night vision mice now. <laughs> so theoretically, Master Splinter could see in the dark. It It, it very much sounds like uh, the plot of uh, freaking Vin Diesel, like well, Pitch Black, where he has the operation so he can see in the dark. <laughs> this sounds like, you know, sci-fi you know, becoming real life. Um, and a new paper published in Cell uh, describes a new technology which uses... Wait a second, they published a paper inside of a cell? Well, no, I guess that's the name of the, the journal that it was published in. <laughs> but basically they're injecting mice with a nanotechnology, uh, um, a injection containing nano antennae, which basically... Wait, that sounds like Skynet. <laughs> Skynet, Skynet. It's very much Skynet, isn't it? Probably. Because it's probably the robots, you know. But now the robots are going to use... The, the rat's mind and they're, you know, activating <laughs> their, their sight, you know, just, you know, for little snippets. And it's like, oh... We detected something new. Oh, shit. They see us. Quick. Autobots transformed. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, you know, our own eyes and those of, you know, some animals, you know, can't see the, you know, the, the wavelengths of ultraviolet and, and is, you know, too big for our eyes to, to see with these, you know, nano antenna, which are nanoscopic electromagnetic collectors that absorbs specific wavelengths of light, which enable the mice to see beyond current visual spectrum so that they can see heat and radiation and all that other good night vision-y stuff that you pay $2,000 for the night vision goggles to see. And, you know, the effects last about two weeks and does not uh, affect how they see during, have no effect in the uh, daylight. So in, uh, instead of uh, Vin Diesel having to wear his uh, welder's glasses when it's daylight outside, then it has no effect... Uh, uh, on them in the uh, you know regular <laughs> regular light, and they say you know this is something that you know once it's kind of approved could also probably be uh, used in humans, so we can get a sweet sweet night vision. Sweet sweet night vision. Where do we get that from? Oh yeah, we got to inject the robots that are you know going to be too small for us to kill into ourselves. To- Make that happen, <laughs> and they turn us into the uh, the Terminators or something. Whoa, Terminitic parasites! <laughs> or this stuff goes horribly wrong and like creates like vampires or something that you know people that can only live in the darkness because the the sun gets too bright for them or whatever. Ah, oh, shit! That's gonna be like uh, what was that? Uh, the Will Smith movie. Yeah. I am Legend. That's it. <laughs> I was struggling. Wow, I pulled that one out. <laughs> the brain mush might be dissipating. <laughs> uh, my my mushy is still being mushy. You kind of get the weird shiny eyes like Vin Diesel because those look pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to lose my dog, man. <laughs> and with that, that's all the news I, or science I have for you this week. Be right back. Do you enjoy TV shows, movies, video games, comics, or novels? Do you enjoy listening to people discuss geeky topics without getting bent out of shape when they disagree? If you do, then the 42 Cast is right for you. We're a podcast with a rotating cast of guests that discusses a new topic every week. 
You can find us on Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Google Play, or 42cast.com. You can also support us and the entire ESO Network by going to patreon.com slash ESO Network. That's the 42cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. And now it's time for all things nerdy and nerd news. And welcome to nerd news. Yeah, news. So, um, we're going to start with some sad shit. You know, I, I, I never really like doing the celebrity deaths, you know, because it's almost like, you know, certain eras come to an end, but at the same time, like, when it's someone you big, know, like we when we talk about monuments uh, are formed, and you know, then yeah, it's Spock and hey, it's an ongoing. You've achieved, you know, legendary greatness. Yeah, this is how we know we're getting old because now it's the people from our childhood that are <laughs> are passing. And the last since our last recording, we've had like kind of three uh, big names, I guess, from from our youth. Um, the one that was like, uh, I used to be a huge fan of, of Airwolf. You know, back when, uh, you know, uh, Netflix first fired up and, you know, most of the things on there was like old 80s TV show. I rewatched like freaking all of Airwolf and A-Team and all those 80s shows I grew up on. And, and uh, you know, Jan Michael Vincent, a.k.a. Stringfellow Hawk, uh, recently passed away at 70. You know, and... By all accounts, the guy kind of had some bad years and might have been an asshole in a time or two. But in the 80s, he was the man. <laughs> I mean, I might have been an... Okay, I was definitely an asshole at times. But yeah, that fucking uh, Airwolf uh, you know, theme song was just... <laughs> kind of like up there with the A-Team theme song. was just, you know, badass uh, 80s uh, <laughs> music. And made, you know, a black helicopter, you know awesome again yeah absolutely i mean it's like night rider of the sky <laughs> made made me want to be a pilot when i was a kid until i realized like i'm fat and i don't fit in an aircraft <laughs> and they expect you to like you know join the military or pay a lot of money to get a a uh, civilian uh, pilot's license and i can't afford that shit <laughs> but you could plus it turns out helicopters don't have guns on them in the civilian world, which, you know, that I'm like, if I can't blow stuff up, uh, I'm not interested anymore. <laughs> Sounds to me like you might have been doing it for all the wrong reasons. I wanted to blow up Russians back in the 80s. It looked, it's what all the cool kids were doing. <laughs> I blew up G.I. Joe's in the backyard in the 80s. How about that? Like, now I see, like, you know, people getting famous from, like, doing, like, photography of fireworks going off in the background <laughs> yeah. of the action figures and I'm like, man, I was doing that shit for real. <laughs> yeah, some of this stuff is badass. I was seeing a guy with like using like Star Wars toys and uh and freaking firecrackers and made some uh badass stuff. But also uh another big uh death from our childhood, you know, Luke Perry that's one that was kind of a random one this you know last couple weeks because I mean not that old of a dude, uh, just had a massive stroke apparently. Yeah. And he was kind of, his career was kind of making a comeback cause he's been on that, uh, which I've not watched the, uh, the, uh, whatever the freaking, uh, what the hell's that show? 
Riverdale. Riverdale, yeah. He's been on that, and they're supposedly in the process of doing a 90210 reboot with like the original cast kind of playing the parents this time around. And, you know, I don't remember if we talked about it or not, but, you know, freaking the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie when we talked about uh, Josh Whedon way back in, like, episode, like, three or four or whatever. You know, Luke Perry was, you know, a big part of that. You know, like, we wouldn't have had the long-running Buffy series if it hadn't have been Luke Perry and Pee Wee Herman making that weird-ass movie back in the day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's just... Like you said, you know, I mean, it just... The 90s kids are hurting this week. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think for me, you know, the next one we talk about, you know, was... I wasn't, like, the biggest fan, but, you know, I mean, fuck. Like, you know, um... Firestarter! <laughs> the Firestarter! Yes, uh... Keith Flint, you know? Uh, apparently, uh, you know, committed suicide at 49. But, you know, the Prodigy was... They were huge in like in Hollywood as well because like it seemed like every movie for a while had Prodigy on the soundtrack. Like I think they probably made more writing songs for movie soundtracks than they did ever releasing their like you know own albums. It seemed like those guys were like in every fucking movie for a while. Anything where you needed some like kind of slightly techno like thrash metal song for an action sequence uh and what action the sequence doesn't need that <laughs> exactly what i'm saying yeah uh, it's just it's wild i don't know so fire up a cigar and pour a little liquor out for our dead homies and you know rock out to the uh some prodigy and the uh airwolf soundtrack one last time so i'm checking out some riverdale <laughs> yeah or some riverdale if you're one of the new kids <laughs> Uh, and with that, on to some some you know happier, less depressing uh, news. We made sure we you know did it up front this time, so we didn't end on a down note like we did last episode. <laughs> that doesn't bode well for ratings and reviews. Much like time change doesn't <laughs> bode well for ratings and reviews. <laughs> Are consuming corpious amounts of whiskey after not doing that for a year or so. <laughs> Oh, my 40th is coming up. I'm probably going to be hurting. <laughs> take the next week off to recover. <laughs> Might as well just go ahead and take this week off, you know, to prepare. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, girls are like, it's my birth month, you know. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm going to need about a month to prepare, a month to recover, and a good six or eight months just to, you know, try to remember wh- why I didn't do this. And, you know, like, by the time I, I decide if it's a good idea or not, it, it'll it be my birthday again. So, you know, it'll I'll have to repeat the cycle. I was so. like, oh, now I remember why I quit drinking. I'm not 21 anymore, and this isn't fun. I just want to go, like, smoke cigars and shoot guns. <laughs> um, all right, so first tidbit of uh, nerdiness. No surprise, there's a live-action Aladdin movie. Um you know, we did get a, you know, updated trailer that, you know, actually has some of the music, a little bit more of the, the theme. Um, it's a little bit, a little bit of parkour action going on, yeah, looks like. And, um, I mean, you know, 
you can't really talk about Guy Ritchie without, you know, this film now <laughs> emerging. So, you know, here we are, folks. Uh, yeah, Disney has run out of ideas, so we're just going to make live-action movies of all our classics. <laughs> it's pretty much what... And as much as I talk shit about that, you know, the the freaking Beauty and the Beast movie I got dragged to was not bad. Like, it was, it was actually worth watching. So they've kind of been successful in these live-action remakes, but this is kind of one that's... Yeah, with is is attached to that movie as Robin Williams was. This may be the one that's like, eh, don't know about. <laughs> yeah, but then again, you know, I mean, I don't know. I I, I think that's a great segue into Blue our, Will Smith. Our next topic. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's just trying out for the Blue Man Group. You know. Oh, he looks so weird as the genie. <laughs> but yeah, time will tell. Yes, absolutely. Because so far the CGI of it, yeah the makeup pictures we've seen of he just looks like a weird Smurf, but <laughs> we will see if it's better when it hits theaters. So the the last time we left off with nerd news, we were talking about a film called Captain Marvel and some potential you know politically correct you know ideologies and social justice warrior things you know that folks were gonna boycott. And, you know, this film was going to flop and, you know, people on both sides, you know, were just absolutely killing any desire I had to see this film because I'm sick of fucking people arguing about political (laughs) stuff. I don't care what side you're on. Leave the fucking politics out of it. And despite all that, apparently that was just a lot of trolling because I've not had time to see it yet. But financially speaking, it had a bigger opening weekend than uh, Black Panther and... You know, by all accounts, it's yeah. There's still a few hardcore people that are like meh, but it's been mostly positive that I've seen so far. And yeah, I I don't know. You know, I mean, I I very much operate under no press is bad press, right? I mean, you know, they took it as far as to have Brie Larson, you know, serving popcorn in some movie theaters and stuff to moviegoers, and I mean, dude, it's like I I you said it right, you know. It's Marvel. Like, if nothing else, you're going to go see it to see the end credits to figure out what's going to happen in uh, Infinity War. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Yeah. It's like it's it's a missing piece of the puzzle. You're going to have to see it. We've already seen Infinity War, Joe. I mean, fucking Endgame, whatever the hell it's called. God, fucking time change. I yeah, think I know. Thanos snapped. You know, <laughs> snapped my brain. <laughs> half of it's gone now. But yes, and it wasn't I'm, the good half. I don't know. I mean, you know. I still have not really read much of the, you know, Captain Marvel comics or anything. And and you know what? I I I think I've found that I have a better experience than a lot of people because they anticipate storylines playing out a certain way or they remember, you know, yeah. iconic things that happen in comic books that may not necessarily translate well into a film out ad- adaptation word. Um, so for me, I mean, yeah, this I th- is one I'm definitely going go, into blind. You know, on on neutral ground, and dude, it's got fucking Nick Fury. Like, oh, yeah, we haven't seen Nick Fury in a while, and Coulson is back. Who? You know, you know, the guy that died in the first Avengers, and then had his a TV show for a lot of seasons. That's about to come back in May. That apparently he's dead in again. Don't know, but yeah, we get Coulson back on the big screen. <laughs> Yes. 
And maybe we'll find out how Nick Fury loses his eye. I don't know. I'll probably see it sometime this week and find out. <laughs> the cat scratches it. <laughs> <laughs> I want that to happen so bad, though. It's like, <laughs> ever since I've seen that cat, we're like, that's how he loses the eye. I've got a cat. It's an asshole. I can see this happening. Yes. <laughs> Um. All right. On uh, next, um, Doom is starting to make some headlines again. Looks like we're gonna have a uh, another film based on our little thirty second teaser that was released called Annihilation. Ooh. Um. You know that last Doom movie was not bad. I mean, it could have been better, but in the era of most video game movies sucking, it was inoffensive. It had the rock in it. <laughs> you know, I I didn't necessarily hate it. You know, and I as long as I've not rewatched a bunch, and, but it was it was good. And I gotta think too that you know, the the Doom video game franchise put FPS shooters before that was even a term. Yeah. Because um, before that, it was like Wolfenstein, then had, and then you know, Doom was like the one that really like yeah brought it to the forefront. But then we had a you know more modern you know remake of Doom on like the you know original Xbox and stuff like that that and had that last God one forbid on... you, you you had a flashlight and a gun but <laughs> you didn't have a gun mounted on the flash or a flashlight and that last one that came out on but uh, was then, hard as shit <laughs> I still never beat that final boss but then. We got a remake that was, you know, just a absolute throwback to the yeah. insanity that was Doom. And I kind of feel like that Annihilation, just seeing some of the creatures and stuff, is going to go the direction. So I'm actually anticipating this a little bit more than I was. But at the same time, I got to go in with a little bit of reserve because... Uh, <laughs> it is a video game movie, yes. <laughs> which have not been hugely successful. Um, but so, I'll definitely say it as a fan of Doom and zombie uh, and you know demon fighting. Absolutely. Um, you know, up next we have a new addition to the MCU. Kevin Smith is now apparently you know officially in the MCU based <laughs> on some references in Captain Marvel. Not going to go into too many details because I don't want a bunch of. You yeah, know. there was. He posted a video of him like crying and upset because you know because well he gets upset about a lot of things these days because he's so stoned. But apparently there is a reference to him in the new Marvel movie, so he's like he's you know alive in the in the MCU or theoretically because he doesn't know if he got snapped by Thanos or not. <laughs> but I didn't watch the whole video because I didn't want there to be any Captain Marvel spoilers because I've not watched it yet. But that's kind of cool as as much as he has referenced you know. Marvel and stuff through the years that you know they kind of gave him a because he's like the ultimate fanboy of all things comic booky so that was kind of a cool shout out to him for all the love he's given the Marvel universe through the years. Yes, absolutely. So you know, I mean, I, I think that's pretty awesome. You know, I mean, Kevin Smith, he was a Disney princess we never knew we wanted or needed. <laughs> <laughs> I guess is a a fitting trope. Um. I don't have any reference material on this, but, um, you know, looks like Arrow is finally coming to a close. I don't know if we actually talked about that on the other episode. No, I think that was uh, um, came out uh, after our last uh, discussion. But, I mean, I, I think originally, you know, Stephen and Mill had said, you know, hey, I'm, I'm cool for this role, but I don't want it to go for, 
you know, longer than like seven seasons or something. So I guess, you know, he's like, well, I'll compromise. I'll give you seven and a partial. <laughs> yeah, so they're doing like maybe a 10-episode season eight, which looks like, you know, it's set to end around the time of the big crossover episode, which if anyone saw this last crossover, apparently Flash and Supergirl was supposed to die and Arrow made some kind of deal with this cosmic being that you don't know what the deal was. So I'm assuming he sacrificed himself some in some way. And, you know, I've been watching the last, this current season of Arrow, and it kind of looks like things are, are winding. It's almost seemed like they've, they've hit every, <laughs> once they ran out of flashbacks, it's like, it, it seems like it's kind of coming up, you know, ra- reaching a, a natural wrapping up point. You don't want to see it go on too long. You know, let them go out on a high note, but you know, the arrow was like, I mean, it really brought comic book stuff to TV again. We're, you know, and sprung up this whole universe. I mean, it was arrow. Then we got flash legends, Supergirl. We're fixing to get a Batgirl series. It's like, you know, had a huge him back. It was the DC. We actually wanted (laughs) when the movie stuff have been mostly horrible. Like the TV series, a part of it is, has been huge. And even if they're in his series, I'm, I'm betting he dies, but you know, I like the character to still be alive. So he could kind of show up occasionally as a guest spot, even if they're not going to have his own series, but I'm pretty sure, you know, He's going to (laughs) die. That's just going to be, but then again, so many people die and come back in freaking comic books. You know, they could, (laughs) you could show up again eventually. No, no, that never Especially where they have fucking, you know, legends and time travel and alternate universes. Like, oh, we killed off arrow. Surprise. Earth two arrows here to save the day. (laughs) You know, some bullshit uh, way of bringing him back. Yes. When is the walking dead going away? I feel like that's going away soon. Oh, no, it went away for me for a while ago. I haven't seen the last two seasons, and a lot of the main characters have all left, so it's it's wouldn't be surprised if that's winding down as well. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, I don't know. Nine seasons. I don't know. I I, I kind of wonder if ten's going to be it, though. <laughs> Although I will say I've still been reading up on the, the graphic novels. They've been killing it. Still love the graphic novels, but the the TV show just it moves so much slower. And it's yeah. like this thing that was literally half a page in a comic book, you made two fucking seasons out of. <laughs> yeah. Holy fuck, guy! So anyway, uh, any other information you want to share with the fine listeners? At well, all? we talked about you know Kevin Smith and the MCU. Uh, he is. Just started filming uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. We're getting a new Jay and Bob movie. Uh, and if you go and follow his uh, YouTube page, he's been doing kind of a, you know, behind the scenes of the filming as kind of as he goes, uh, which been kind of interesting to watch. So, yeah, cause yeah I, go uh, check that out. You know, I mean, I know we when we recorded last, you know, we talked about the, the tight schedule. I mean, basically, he's got... What, less than a month to shoot, less than three or four months to yeah, actually this, mix it all and put the film together. And looks then, like it's turning around pretty quickly. And there was one thing, one of the videos I watched, it was so weird because they, all the other times where he's made an appearance at the quick stop in all his movies, they've literally gone to the quick stop and filmed. But because of the schedule and budget, they couldn't do that this year because they're filming everything in Louisiana. So they actually built a quick stop <laughs> in Louisiana and it looks like they're in Jersey from the, from the photos he's posted. So 
it's uh it's it's weird that uh you know a little hollywood magic there in the first fake quick stop in one of his movies great <laughs> now even the quick stop cgi yeah. <laughs> gosh next somebody's gonna say blunt men and chronic aren't real <laughs> oh yeah it's so weird they've, they've gotten skinny skinny kevin silent bob is just weird looking it's like i've not seen him like in the suit post losing all the weight and all that stuff and it's just like it doesn't even look like Jay and Silent Bob anymore. Oh, dude. When I Looks see, like, like Jay and Jay. <laughs> when I see pictures, you know, you post stuff on Instagram, and I'm like, whoa, holy crap. I, you know, I forget, you know, and then it hits me, and I'm like, damn. But, I mean, at the same time, I mean, you know, hey, you, you got to get your health you yeah. know, in check and stuff. So Maybe I'll have a heart attack and lose a bunch of weight. <laughs> but and then, with that. But then you had to go vegan. I'm, I'm, I'm not down with that. <laughs> I got to figure out a way to do it without going vegan. I've made fun of too many vegans to like go vegan myself. It would just be hip- hypocritical. <laughs> just you being yourself is hypocritical. You'll be okay. I'm going the opposite. I'm going keto. I'm going anti-vegan. I'm only eating meat. <laughs> Damn, that'll su- work, right? I'm surprised that you doing keto. You didn't do a uh, you know find a science article on the keto crotch. <laughs> keto crotch. Yeah, that's the thing going around that apparently you know when you're in ketosis that you know. Apparently messes with your your pheromones and whatnot and leads to some unpleasantries. But you know, just as many people that argue about you know stinky keto crotch, you know, there's other people that say, <laughs> no, that's just poor hygiene. So, yay! <laughs> so if you've learned nothing from this, wash your balls, people, <laughs> and your lady balls. <laughs> lady balls. <laughs> so is it? Feel like there's a. Uh, a, a a funny movie reference there, Lady Balls. <laughs> so with that, check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com. We're on the ESO Network at ESONetwork.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at CigarNerdPod. We're on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Go leave us some, some reviews and some ratings. Uh, if you want some uh, shirts, go to RealMenSmokeCigars.com. you want some energy, go to StrikeForceEnergy.com. Use promo code CigarNerds. And go to our site and buy something off of Zazzle so we could, they don't close our account because we've not sold anything in a year. <laughs> and normally I end the show with a quote, but I really can't understand anything they said in that, that movie, so just don't get beat to death with a dildo. Peace out! And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We are your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.